Hi everyone, this is Chris Lim with the Theotech Podcast. I'm here today with Guido Falkenberg, the organizer of Got Digital. Thank you for being on the show. Guido, can you share with us a little bit about your heart behind this conference that you're organizing? I think it all started two years ago. It even started earlier. Where I started was pretty much what is my vocation, what is my calling, what does God wants me to do? And I'm working in the IT business for over 30 years now. Yeah, And mm. pretty much hit my heart a few years ago where I was started thinking, can I use everything, my network, my expertise, my knowledge yeah, in the area of IT, but for God's sake and for, mm. for his kingdom. Yeah. And based on that, then I started looking around into Germany, talking to people who already have been developing great software projects or uh, who have started initiatives driving that topic forward. And all of these observations have led me to a point where I said, let's go initiate a conference where people can get together here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you share a little bit more about that process that you went through to go from maybe not even thinking about your your faith and your IT work, you're already a veteran in the industry. Yeah. What is it that the Lord did that kind of brought it to mind for you? I think it all comes back to the basic question, who has gifted you um, with your talents? And I think it all comes back to being, first of all, thankful and um, to God that everything that I'm doing at business is mm. also created and, and put into me uh, by Him. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is, I would say, the, the foundation. Yeah, But then the question is looking at the at the need of the people or looking at the it's called a Christian landscape. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a, a vacuum that not a lot of people with profession of being an IT developer or um, a product manager has used or leveraged their gifts yeah, in, mm-hmm. into God's kingdom. Yeah. And I said, well, I could look for people or I could start by myself. So and that was a starting point, but it was a journey. It was not this revealing moment where mm-hmm. um, um, change in mind from one day to another. It was a journey where God continuously reminded me on these kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you shared about how you started doing that research to see what's going on in Germany, how Christians are using technology. Maybe you can share a little bit about what you discovered. I think I started um, just doing some uh, internet research, yeah. but I also met people at Christian conferences, non-IT conferences. Okay. Yeah. And then, for example, I've met people who started translating the Bible Project uh, video series yeah, from the U.S. into oh, okay. German. And I was said, wow. Uh, so I called, to, called up this guy and I've talked to him and, and uh, I said, that's a great way on communicating the Bible, yeah, but to a complete new target audience, yeah, mm-hmm. to people who don't want to sit down and read the Bible, but want to listen to a five-minute YouTube video on what's in the Bible. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I talked to people uh, who developed apps for small groups, yeah? uh, and I thought, this is great, but I realized one thing. First of all, the people had a passion on this. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, they, had a, they had a gift on how they've um, been developing stuff or the ideas that they had, but I also realized they are challenged by the same topics. So sometimes they didn't have any person that they could talk to from the IT business you know, to help them. So mm-hmm. it could be a sparring or a brainstorming partner. Yeah? People sometimes have been create developing a first app, yeah, and then they stepped into the second, I would say, life cycle of a version two, mm. and then they realized, oh well, they need more finances. Yeah, yeah. or I've met people with a small team of two, three people, and then two people stepped out, and, mm. and then the whole project stopped. Yeah, and there were other things as well. Yeah, but I realized they're great innovative people, and I think I just met a few, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. less than one percentage or even less. Yeah. Uh, I believe there are a lot of talented people. I think they are good projects, but they seem to have the same challenges. 
they didn't know any other person uh, who have been in, in that space. Yeah. Mm. And so this conference is a way that they can share those problems with each other and hopefully find yeah. solutions together? Yeah. So for the conference, we pretty much defined three areas where we said, first of all, we want to make the projects known and the people behind. Um, the second one is due to that, we want to motivate other people to initiate new projects. And, and thirdly, as people meet each other and hopefully then building up a network, that this can be the foundation to do even more. Yeah. So mm. not only to to spread the ideas, but also that people connect to each other. Yeah. Maybe the people who have ideas, the people who have resources, um, the ones who have the money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything that's needed. Connecting to, the ecosystem. Um, yeah. Connecting the ecosystem, but everything that is needed to make projects happen. Yeah. And this is where our focus is. Yeah, I think the world of digital is quite broad. Yeah, and we said let's always put uh, our focus around these areas where we can make something happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So focusing on the doers who are actually building yeah. things and not necessarily exactly yeah. the other kind of. Areas. And this was also another observation that I've looked up the event landscape in Germany, uh, mm. um, and there was no conference really for IT people yeah, or technologists. Yeah. Uh, there have been people for worshippers, for prayers, mm. uh, for others, which is all good. But I think we left out this gifted people of technologists, of Absolutely. developers, of media specialists. Yeah. Uh, so there was kind of a vacuum, which I think luckily stepped into or got put me into, yeah, yes. where I said I, I got so many open doors and mm. no one didn't listen to me when I talked with them about this yeah, because there was already a kind of a, a need. So can you share a little bit more about, you were sharing with me earlier, that this is actually about more than just projects. It's about helping people find their calling. Exactly. I think if I consider myself with a conference as a project, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it was a journey that got put me through yeah, with all ups and downs in, in my private life and family life mm. and pressure I had around. And I personally have learned over my life working with God is that God is not just interested in what you're doing with him uh, he's more interested in, in your heart in your personality mm -hmm. and how you can how he, he can shape myself or others yeah mm -hmm. in the way on how he wants to have us and this means not always experiencing the positive but also the negative so my vision for god digital is whenever we find someone who has an idea or who wants to do a project yeah that this person is just not being a project delivery person yeah he's mm -hmm. a child of God and where God is interested in and God wants to be part of the journey and that means the person is changing and I think mm -hmm. also need not only the project needs to be assisted I think sometimes the people who are having the idea or who are running the project they also need to be assisted in. absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and I've I've also seen that happen in my own life it just seems like as you step out into these things the headwinds get much stronger yeah the trials like multiply and it feels like why is this so much harder than like I'm good at my job, but why is this so much harder? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think the challenge for me was, even if I'm familiar with computer technology and with IT and marketing, but stepping into this field, there is no so much experience in Germany. There are not mm. a lot of people I can talk to. Luckily, I found some sparring part that I was able to discuss my ideas. And mm. this was very fruitful yeah, because... I think someone said having the idea is one thing, um, but sometimes it requires 80% of your time to refine an idea. Yeah? That's um, very true. And I think people ask me good questions. I remember one friend of mine asked myself, what's your role in mm. in your vision? Yeah? And I said, okay, I have not thought about this yet <laughs> so much, yeah, but I have the idea. That isn't that enough? So sometimes simple questions are also putting you on a on a process, yeah, on Mm -hmm. on rethinking your idea yeah uh, but it always gets you 
closer to the core of yes. the idea, yeah. even if it um, sometimes takes time and work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is sparring and how did you find your sparring partners? We don't use that uh, term in America, so it would be interesting ah, okay. to explain uh, it. I, I think sparring comes from boxing, at least in, in, the, German, okay. uh, in the German sense. Uh, so that means it's a, it's a kind of a training partner, uh, mm. so where you bounce an idea back and forth. So I do not know if I invented a new English term, but the way on how I find them, I think I just looked up <laughs> pretty much on the internet or on ah, conferences. Okay. Uh, are there any, thought, not always thought leaders, but who have a passion on that, uh, on that topic? Yes. And I just call them up or send them emails. So just as easy as this, and then there, there will be a first meeting, and then you realize, is, is it the right person or not? And luckily, yeah. I had good encounters and meeting with these kind of people. That's really cool to hear, because I know I have a lot of friends who sometimes crave that kind of intellectual conversation, and they sometimes will complain, saying that, we just can't find it, it's so hard to find. And, and I was wondering if you already had that circle of friends, but you didn't. You went yeah, out yeah. and you found them yeah. through the internet. Yeah. Okay. And I think people are more open. I, I think this is something where I think you experience the way on how it puts you into your calling. Uh, it, sometimes it could be easy. Finding open doors, I think, is a good indication. It doesn't have to be always, but mm-hmm. I think that was part of the journey. Uh, it's uh, where you see, okay, you get, you get, there are other people who are encouraging you uh, to continue on. Uh, because mm. there will be times where I was not feeling encouraged yeah, because I was just being unsure if that path I'm, I'm on is the, the right one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how would you encourage other people who might have be having that sense, but they're also questioning it, doubting it, struggling with it? Anything that you would say to them? Definitely, first of all, I think take a closer look in your, let's say, closer network of friends or people you know um, that you trust, but also that somehow share the same passion. It doesn't have to be exact the same passion, yeah, but uh, who give you an honest, an honest feedback. Just be open, a little bit courageous yeah, to call up people or, um, where you think you have read something about them or you have listened to a video podcast or mm-hmm. you have listened to their speech at a conference and just feel free to approach the people and, and see what will come out of this. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. So just take that initiative. Yeah, And also because that's the reason why I met you, yeah, uh, don't, right. don't uh, if you're, let's say, an internationally open-minded person, yeah, Think about your scope of people you want to reach out to. And uh, I was lucky uh, talking to a person from Indonesia or from the UK or talking to you. And everyone gives you a broader perspective on the topic. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the most enriching things I found in being part of this movement is that it's very diverse. And you kind of have, sometimes you have an instant connection of people that's like strange, right? Yeah. They're just brothers in Christ and you're both technologists and you're like... Oh, yeah. different cultures. And, and the motivating thing is, uh, Chris, that figuring out the commonality, even if we are on the living on complete other side of the world, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. what we are experiencing is sometimes so close to each other. And I think that uh, makes you feel connected quite fast. How do you see this, these technologies that you're gathering serve the church in a broader way, not only with their products, but kind of helping maybe non-techies in the church, the pastors, the missionaries, other people be able to benefit from this digital transformation that we're going through? Without having done a survey, I believe the majority of the churches, at least here in Germany, are are still in a very early area of adopting technology. Mm. I think they are still talking about websites, they're talking about uh, how they can have a presence on social media channels, and besides how to use technology for your for your service or doing some some live streaming or some video recording. Mm -hmm. I think we are using technology in context of 
let's call it comfort zone we are in, yeah. Yeah. which is good. Yeah, And I think it gives benefits. It lets people become aware of you, um, the way on how you can connect and share information with people. I think I see some good examples on online e-learning platforms, but it's still, everything that I see, it's still, I would say, it doesn't leverage the technology to its full extent. Mm -hmm. I think... So therefore, I, I believe in some areas we have started. I think the majority of the churches of Christian organization is still in very early mode of I adopting, see. which we we would say have been already launched 10 years ago <laughs> yes. yeah, uh, or 15 years ago. So therefore, the people who are even thinking ahead and saying, can I use voice assistance, artificial intelligence, intelligent machines yeah, to make a difference yeah. is even not in our scope of thinking it's so ah. so far away that i think a lot of christians even do not think about it how we can connect them yeah because so I they're think, kind of left behind they're just too far behind on the technology yeah, adoption curve yeah. by preparing myself for the conference i think if god asking us for example helping the poor or addressing the needs of the people i think First of all, I think this should always be the base yeah? because technology has a temptation. The technology has a temptation if you do it for the purpose of doing digitalization. <laughs> oh, as an end um, in itself. Yeah, uh, oh. uh, as a goal for itself. Yeah, um, But uh, looking um, again into into the Bible and figuring out um, what is what God wants us to do Yeah, and mm -hmm. then maybe think about could we do it in a different way, in a, mm -hmm. in a broader way, in a completely different way if we would apply technologies to it? And mm -hmm. I think that's a question I hope that Christians will ask themselves these kind of questions yeah, to, to think about a little bit beyond where we are yeah. today. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I've, I have definitely felt like with the Code for the Kingdom hackathon movement and everything, although technology is a big driver of it, as I'm discerning and mm -hmm. kind of considering the history, it seems like the really big thing was actually this paradigm shift. Mm. It's not completely new compared to the ancient church, but it's kind of new compared to the institutional churches that we've had for many years mm. in our history, where kind of professionalized clergy mm. and people come to church as a consumer experience. Mm. And so they're just there to receive some encouragement or something and they give money and they sing songs and then they do community service. And that's kind of like the Christian lifestyle in America mm. for a lot of people. Mm. But Code for the Kingdom flips it. It's actually saying that, no, the gifts that you have not just your community service time, but like your best gifts that you use in your job. Mm. God wants to use that mm. to advance the kingdom mm. and creating a space where you can actually do that together with other people as well mm. to solve a real challenge kind of flips the model a bit. Mm. And as we try to share it to spread your churches, they're uncomfortable with it actually. Because <laughs> it is like, it's like, oh, what? Like giving up control like that and like, you're actually empowering the people to do this with their own creativity and freedom and mm. this is weird. But we've seen the kind of joy and vitality that it brings to the believers, the mm -hmm. disciples. Mm -hmm. Because we, like you said earlier, that's, it's like helping them find their calling. Yeah. I think the people are here. They are here in Germany, in Austria, in Switzerland. Uh, I, I would say they are, uh, to a big extent, they are some, somehow hidden. Mm. <laughs> hidden in the churches, hidden in the companies. Yeah. Sometimes you know people. But I think as they didn't have any kind of a place where they could connect to each other. Yeah. Um, I think there was no 
no real motivation to get out of your hiding zone yeah, and <laughs> exposing yourself. Yeah. But there's another thing I've realized is because sometimes we have, not sometimes, but we have different denominations in churches in Germany. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes they talk to each other, sometimes they do not talk to each other. What was very interesting in my, in my journey and over the last several months, uh, it doesn't matter to whom I talk, if uh, people from the Evangelical Church, Pentecostal Church, Charismatic Church, Catholic Church, yeah, you can talk about digitalization. Uh, you have an open door because people have not finally found a, a solution yet uh, or mm-hmm. they have a lot of questions. Yeah, and uh, it's a good way, let's say, also to network across the denomination yeah, and mm-hmm. not to, let's say, close up yourself in your own thing. Yeah, yeah definitely has that broad appeal. Yeah. Yeah. One final question is that if people in Europe would like to be a part of your movement, what should they do? I, if they're in Germany, I assume they can contact you. Who should, who should get in touch with you? I think definitely, as you said, people in the German-speaking countries, I think that's our, I would say, primary focus for today. Uh, Not for today, but I would say for the short term, yeah. And we are definitely looking out for um, developers, for experts in media, but for also for companies, for people who are experts in a certain area of domain who just want to support, but also for other, I would say, initiatives, because we're not convinced that we can do everything, you know. There are mm. good initiatives in Germany around startup companies, yeah, around developing already software or doing meetings around new initiatives, yeah, and these kind of things. So you're interested in connecting if those initiatives are relevant to other language, like English initiatives and stuff? That could I think, first of all, I think we need, the first step for us is building up a network, I would say, in the German-speaking countries. Yeah. Okay. But there is definitely a priority to get impulse that's the correct word impulse or that we get stimulated from outside yeah because Mm, um, mm -hmm. countries like the u.s or canada or sometimes in asia they are more advanced in some areas yeah so Mm. we definitely want to learn yeah Um, and if we can share something from our experience we're happy to do so i think you definitely can Um, um, but we are we don't have a global agenda yet we can go there we definitely want to connect to uh, other initiatives in europe in north america in APJ, in Africa, wherever yeah. someone is moving in the same direction. Yeah. As of now, we, uh, let's say, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> have focus. enough things to do in, in the culture and in the nations we're living in, and we want to stop there. Yeah. yeah. So how can the rest of us, I guess, support you? Even just something simple, like how can we pray for you or for the movement? And yeah. Definitely reach out to us, contact us, have a conversation, um, because just by sharing the experience, uh, there's always a value in there. Yeah? By listening, by proactively sharing, uh, and if you want to pray for that, I think we are now at a point in time where we have to decide, are we just doing another conference or mm. are we building up a foundation where we say we can initiate or even sponsor projects? Uh, um, we were asking ourselves, can we do hackathons yeah, as, as part of that? Which kind of other initiatives or organizations should we connect to? So we are in an early mode, yeah, but mm-hmm. this, if you ask uh, for a request for prayer, that would be definitely something to find some orientation in these next steps that we want to do. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the Theotech podcast. And would you mind if I just prayed right now? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Father God, thank you so much for Guido and his faithfulness to your call in putting on this conference. And thank you for all the people you've brought into his life who have one heart and one mind to pursue you and your call on their lives and to use technology for the gospel. And he has asked us to pray for him and his team, for you to give them orientation, to give them wisdom and discernment about how they should spend their strength uh, so that it will bear fruit for your kingdom. And they have so many options, Lord. 
So please grant them that discernment through this conference, through these ongoing conversations, and uh, may they have a strong sense of your spirit leading them. We thank you for them, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.